Good evening, everyone. Any questions tonight? Yes. <clears throat> you have often said that uh, we need to use our minds sometimes and think of a way to uh, our process in our sadhana. And then Srila Prabhupada mentioned to not surrender your intelligence, but surrender with intelligence. And so, where is that line between what's Prabhupada also mentioned as over intelligence and then using your intelligence? Usefully, right, you want to use your intelligence or have your intelligence used in, in bhakti and not be used uh, by your intelligence. So it requires some healthy understanding of the limits of, of reasoning and coming to that kind of reasoning as to its, to its limits. And... Um, in a broader, or in the broadest sense, I think it's fairly obvious that uh, the the what we are, what we seek to attain, love of God, Krishna Prem, is not attainable by intellect alone. So intellect as a faculty is limited. It is a considered to be a subtle material. Um, ingredient and therefore it is categorically different or substantially different than the atma than the self and then the godhead as well and as such it can't shed light entirely on or illuminate that which is self-illumined which is the case of the atma what to speak of the Paramatma. Hmm? So it is not a suitable vehicle. Hmm? But we are accustomed to moving uh, at best according to our intellect, according to reasoning and so forth. Hmm? Um, so it's important to understand in an overriding, overarching, and larger sense that the intellect is not a suitable vehicle. And I think that is a beginning of helping one to understand the place of intellect within the context of bhakti as well. Hmm? Um, So, as you say, and in the context of your question, um, well, or implied, or as I'm speaking, the intellect is not a, um, a suitable vehicle for uh, attaining that which is superior to it. Um, however, as it is with the senses or the body and the mind, so it is with the intellect. All these faculties hmm, have scope for engagement in bhakti and, as the Gita explains, lust finds a hiding place in all of them. Lust in a more broad Generic sense, kama means desire. Desire means the whole predicament, the material existence, what makes the samsara go round and so forth. So it has its haunts in all three places. So it has to be rooted out of all three places. And the positive approach to that then is to engage the the senses, the mind, and the intellect 
in bhakti. So, as we spoke the other night, a good example of using the intellect in bhakti is to uh, apply the intellect to the study of the scripture. Hmm. And at the same time, this is a place where the intellect is... Um, there may be some some danger of being used by your intellect if you're not uh, careful about that. We don't do that with good... Good, 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 good guidance. Um, for example, we may acquire theoretical knowledge from the scripture, um, but not use our head, which is required. Intellect is required for study, for gathering theoretical knowledge, but not use that theoretical knowledge on ourselves. Hmm? The intellect has a big appetite, and so when you want to consume information from the scriptures, and then you want more information and more information, and then at a certain point you may find that certain areas of knowledge in relation to bhakti um, become less interesting to you even though you have not realized those things. Hmm. Um, and so you're feeding your intellect, if you will, and it has a voracious appetite, and it's not being used in a way to bring about a change in your life, which is ultimately what the texts are speaking about. Hmm. Um, once a fellow... A godbrother of mine from another institution asked me, how is it that Sridhar Maharaj, Pujapad Sridhar Maharaj, could speak about the highest topics in such a way that uh, devotees would not become uh, confused by hearing high topics? What was his, his, his question? It seems kind of silly in a sense, but apparently he was in touch with someone who was speaking about higher topics and people were becoming confused about it. Maybe it was the way it was being presented, um, and so on. But at any rate, at any rate, I replied that Sridhar Maharaj did not speak that much about higher topics, but he spoke about the lowest topics in the highest way. And we see that readily in our our morning readings. He's going to very core, basic issues, but he's not bored with them, and he doesn't and he doesn't find them disconnected. Indeed, he finds them foundational to the the whole. Um, realm that we seek to to enter. Hmm? Now, while there is there this focus on more, more or less basic topics, basic topics here would mean, for example, that, that there's a difference between the self and, and matter, but more, all of that, he's explaining in the context of that the self is not an enjoyer, the self is a servant, uh, by nature, and, and the serving attitude is very much the stress and emphasis and so forth, and sacrifice and giving and so on, and and exposing the nature of material uh, life and so forth, its shortcomings. And and he does it in a rich and, uh, and in a deep way that, uh, that, of course, we find compelling. And so I said he spoke, as I mentioned, about the high, lowest things in the highest way, and some higher, higher topics tastefully as well. 
And so we may find ourselves consumed by the appetite of our intellect and uh, being used by it in the name of using intellect, which is what your inquiry is about, in, in, in bhakti. And this is perhaps a, 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 an example or a symptom of that. That and I'm going to give you another example. Bhakti Pradeep, Bhakti Bhakti Balabhatirtha Maharaj, the successor of Prabhupada's Godbrother God brother Bhakti Daitya Madhav Maharaj, some years ago published a a book about Prahlad Charit, the, 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 the character and the chapters of Bhagavatam about Prahlad Maharaj. Now Prahlad Maharaj is not a gopi and he's not um uh, described as being involved in the Nikunja, in the, in the secret uh, flower fort of of, uh, of of Radha's camp, and and, and so on and so forth, and uh, meeting um, in, in, uh, uh, in assisting in the meetings of Radha and Krishna in the dead of night, and so forth. So um, these are the higher topics, if you will, um, but. Uh, about his book, and on, I think on maybe on the back of the book or something, it was a quote from him where it said, those who have said, I have read Prahlad like, I already know that. Can we go on to higher things? He said, they have never, they have not actually read Prahlad Charit. Hmm. So if one is actually using one's intelligence in such a way as to, as to study the scripture, which is in one sense its purpose, or another or as an, as a related aside here, intelligence has its application in spiritual life. Intelligence has its application in material life and in, in, in making the crossover from material to spiritual life. So our material intelligence, we may try to decide whether or not to serve. Hmm? In spiritual life, we use intelligence to determine how to serve best in any given situation. Hmm? He showed him why he had the dilemma, right? Krishna was suckling her breasts and everyone was out arranging for the Govardhan or for the Indra Puja. All of her nursemaids and assistants and the milk on the stove was that had been acquired from special cows on special grasses with an effort to keep Krishna at home because he was known to go out and steal milk and butter from the neighbors. So Mother Yashoda got on the case of Nanda Maharaj, what kind of milkman are you? What kind of coward are you? Our son is going elsewhere and causing mischief and, and so forth. Um, so when the milk was boiling over, then she had the choice to let it boil over and continue to breastfeed Krishna or put Krishna down abruptly and run to the milk. And so she had to use her intelligence how to serve. Best she chose Tadiyaseva. Tadiyaseva means to serve the things that are dear to Krishna. Hmm. Like Tulsi Seva, Vaishnav Seva, Sutadiya Seva. Hmm. Parvati Devi asks Mahadev Shiva that what is the best kind of worship? Aradhananam Sarvesham Vishnu Aradhanam Param. And Mahadev replied, the service of Vishnu is the highest service. And some, some faintness of heart came in, in Parvati because she's a worshiper of Shiva. Hmm. She thought, oh, I asked what's the highest worship, but I'm not doing it. I'm worshiping Shiva, but I'm not going to give up the worship of Shiva. What's my position then? Hmm? And then Shiva continued with the verse, Aradhanam Sarvisham, Vishnu Aradhanam Param. 
Tasmat paratram devi tadiyanam samarchanam. However, my dear Devi, that worshipping that which is dear to Vishnu is higher than the worship of Vishnu. This is Tadiyaseva. And Shiva is Vaishnavanam Nitashambhu, a great uh, Vaishnav. So from that perspective, then, ah, she was very satisfied. Hmm. I'm doing the highest worship. Hmm. I'm worshipping my husband, Shiva, and he's, he's, he's a great Vaishnav. Hmm. <clears throat> so, anyway, Jashodamai chose that the Deus to serve the milk, which is from special cows, special grasses, dear to Krishna, and so forth. And But she used her intelligence spiritually. Whereas, a less lesser example would be, as I say, to use the intelligence to choose whether or not I should serve God, surrender to Krishna or not, and kind of on the fence like this. Uh, uh, so, a fully... Uh, spiritualized intellect is not preoccupied with that, but how to serve best in any given given instance. Or, as I say, to study the scriptures is an example that Krishna gives in the Gita of how to worship him with your intelligence. And there's much to be studied there. Hmm? But this is a tricky area because there again, there can be an intellectual sleight of hand whereby you master uh, some theoretical knowledge. Hmm? And then if you repeat it, then also people may give you some respect and so on and so forth. And you can ride on the waves of the respect and the theoretical knowing hmm, without having used your head, as I often say, to to soften your heart, hmm, which is what a re- really studying the scriptures is about. I mean, we should study the scriptures for our own purification, hmm? Our edification, yes, and that may be required for preachers, obviously it is, to know the sacred text and so forth. But in the context of that, reading in a feeling full, in a kind of a feeling way, looking for something that pertains to me and my necessity and that kind of hearing. I used to, uh, when I was younger, of course, I had opportunity to hear the classes of different devotees. And um, it's, no, I don't have that much, much opportunity, so I'm at a great loss. But um, I would go, and if I could hear, my policy was, if I could hear one thing in the class that really pertained to, to, to myself that I could grab onto and, and, uh, and use as, uh, as material to build house of bhakti in my heart then I think my time was was well spent so there's a there's a way of a spirit of hearing proper um, in, in this type of hearing here in the scripture you have to use your intelligence to sort out what's being said and so forth um, so as I was going to say Prabhupada used to say that the only question he asked of his guru was how to serve so this is the the uh, Sevaya, Parnipat, Pariprashnena, Sevaya. Now we may ask questions about scripture and meaning and so forth, but we have to have this central core that we're cultivating at all times of surrender, faith, and changing the heart and so on and so forth. And um, that, that, that kind of study, that will be very fruitful. Again, using your head, 
for a purpose, to change the heart, not to just get a fat head with a lot of information and so forth. And it happens. So there's an intellectual sleight of hand. And then the, and then, and then the, 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 not, the, the measure of the knowledge doesn't correspond with the character of the person. That's a problem. Or, as I say, as I'm explaining, if the knowledge we're gathering is such that our appetite for more information, intellectual appetite for more information and so forth, is, is such that I'm no longer interested in topics that I've understood theoretically, but not practically, hmm? then there can be some uh, example of being used by your intelligence instead of having your intelligence used in the service of bhakti and in, in, in the service of yourself, really, in, of, your, of your, uh, your real interest. Um, Now, you may be thinking of it in terms of practical things, uh, how to use your, your, your bright person and you have intelligence and ideas and so forth, of how you maybe do things and do things best and that, how you use your intelligence. And I think that um, in the context of the, to be try to be specific to your situation that you're in, um, um, there's good ideas or desirable insights and so forth. But then... And we, if we have that kind of intelligence and that, uh, to, to think about things in that way, then that's good. But then we should check that with what is desired of, of me at the same time. Puja Pachita I think I've given this example before, used to say that if we offer, for example, the guru a flower, hmm, and he says, no, no, thank you. Hmm, and then we say, no, please take it. Hmm. The first time it was bhakti, the second time it's not. Hmm. So, um, and there's no harm coming up with good ideas and insights and, and, and so on and so forth, but they're only as useful as a Vaishnava of consequence in our life wants, wants them. And he or she wants our Krishna consciousness. Hmm? That's what he or she wants more than anything else. And sometimes even good ideas may be dismissed. Hmm? for the sake of making a point that transcends that the practical, but it would have been done better like this. It, it doesn't always matter. Hmm? Um, there are higher lessons to be learned and more foundational stones to be put in place in the heart, if you will, where we're actually building the temple hmm? and uh, where the mission is really <laughs> supposed to be active. Hmm? Um, so we always have to look and see like this in my my... External service has a correspondence with my internal purification. There can be busy work hmm, that is that is in, is an avoidance almost of um, the internal work. I've given an example before of the fellow god brother of mine that came to visit me in Vrindavan, and I was living in a rented house there, and mostly to myself and. And uh, he found me out and came with this big idea. The, he said, had an idea that he wanted to build a temple in Vrindavan that was a whole complex and a Disneyland of Krishna Leela. There would be the Agasur, and he'd go in his mouth, I don't know, you know, that kind of a thing, you know, this huge multi-zillion dollar idea. 
And I, of course, thought, this doesn't sound like a good idea for Vrindavan, first of all. Um, it's not my idea what you should do here. And, and um, But I answered him by way of saying that I don't have such big ideas as you. My, my ideas are very small. Um, I appreciate your big ideas, but my, I'm trying to st- just build one temple in one heart, and that is my own, and that is my small service and preoccupation. And it affected him, I think. He, he, it hit him like, oh, yeah, that's a big service. <laughs> and so we can become busy hmm, so many things externally in a way that becomes disconnected from and, and constitutes an avoidance of harder work, hmm, harder work of wrestling the intellect and putting it in its place. Hmm? Uh, it's very, it can be very, uh, as the senses or as the mind, can be very voracious in its, its appetite to consume us, engage us, and so forth. Hmm? Um, so, again, we should... We should uh, it, 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 the Bhagavatam gives a good bashing to the intellect, even while it requires a good measure of intellect to to catch that and understand that and 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 and, uh, and the uh, the theology and the philosophy in in general. So it's a fine. It is a fine line. So it's, a, it's a good question. Hmm. But again, I, maybe if our focus is is if we're properly oriented towards what our real concern is and so forth by good guidance that will help us to put it in in uh, in check um, we can see practically that there are devotees who are very have big intelligence and devotees who have small intelligence and it's not the criterion for making advancement hmm? some devotees don't have the kind of in one sense a burden for making everything make sense about bhakti and so they just like it and they do it and and <laughs> and uh and they make progress and this is the very example it's highlighted in the bhagavatam in a sense of the gopis gopas the coward people they are portrayed as not being scholars not being big intellectuals not reciting the vedas and not involved in logic and discussion and, and even even what's going on in the world. Hmm? In Matura. What's happening in Matura? Hmm? Did you get a, you know, have you read, you know, the news on the internet from Matura, what's happening? It's like they don't even have a brain for it, so to speak. They're just carrying the gopis cow dung patties on their heads. Hmm? This is how they're using their heads to carry cow dung patties um, for building fires and for cooking for Krishna or carrying milk, yogurt, and so forth. And so this is important, what's being said there. You know, this is not just a cute thing, it's a cute picture. So there's something to that. It is that in itself, that vision is a, is a, is a, a bashing of the intellect. Hmm. Shudamarsh used to used to say again again gyan shunya bhakti gyan shunya bhakti means bhakti shunya means like devoid devoid of or or not encumbered would be a way to place it in this context by 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 knowledge bhakti not burdened by knowledge 
they don't have the knowledge in the Braj that Krishna is the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Hmm? That would get in the way of the intimacy that that Leela um, is um, is all about. And so that 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 example is is very it's very prominent. You could read Bhagavatam and, and like the pictures and not really get it. Hmm? It's saying something. The whole depiction of Vrindavan hmm? and Uddhava comes. Uddhava is the most learned person in in Mathura and Dwarka. He's Krishna's advisor. Krishna sends him to Mathura to Vrindavan to give a message to the to the gopis. Hmm? And he ends up realizing that Krishna sent him there not to teach them, excuse me, but to learn from them the measure of their devotion. And that, and that there's, their kind of understanding is, is kind of off the scriptural map. It's kind of where it's pointing to. Rupa Goswami says a nice thing about Harinam that in his Namastakam that the, these very profound um, sayings of the Upanishads that you know, are titillating the intellect, the, the meaning of them, and so, Humbramasmi, Tattvamasi, and so forth. These sounds are all like jewels, he said, but they're, they're all casting in a, a, a light and an effulgence, an aura, to shed light on these two syllables, Krishna, that are beyond their their reach, there, that the Krishna, Swayam Bhagavan, the Krishna, the Nam Shrestam, the highest conception of Nam, given by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. This is Shrotram Api Upanishadam Dure Harikata Amrita. Jiva Goswami says, the sounds of the Upanishads are Dure, far from Harikata. Hmm. Uh, by uttering them, one can't cannot get kampasru pulakadaya and all these things, all these astasatpikabikar transformations of ecstasy. That if you study the Vrindavan Leela, you you understand that's what's happening there. Clouds are not raining; they're crying. Hmm. Yeah, everything, all the movement, all the movement, different types of bhavas and internal feelings. It's all it's a whole world built out of ecstasy. Hmm. and unencumbered by the need uh, uh, to know. The homeland hmm, is not a place where we have to exercise the intelligence and the doubting faculty and protect ourselves and guard ourselves, so to speak. Hmm. There we're relaxed and at home. Hmm. So this is Vrindavan. Gyan Shunyabhakti, he used to tell you that whenever I get very intelligent students, I have to hammer on this point. Gyan Junya Bhakti, Gyan Junya Bhakti, is they get a tendency to be consumed by their, by their intellect. And we see, it's very nice, the statement of the sutras in this regard, Tarko Pratishtanat. Hmm? By the power of Tarko means reasoning, you get nowhere. Hmm? Because every reasoning has another reasoning, and another reasoning has another reasoning. Hmm? And if you say, well, that reasoning has another reasoning, they said, that is our point. <laughs> So, you cannot arrive, you understand, at conclusive truth by the faculty of the intellect. At the same time, whatever measure of intellect we have, it has to have its um, 
application bhakti, how to do our service best. And in that regard, there may be instances we all serve under someone. That means what it means to serve, hopefully under more than one person. Hmm? Because the further down we go, das, das, and das, the better it gets, so to speak, if service is the ideal. So, um, so then we, we use our intelligence how to serve best, and that in relation to what's desired of us in any given instance, and, uh, and um, sometimes even good ideas may be put on the back burner. Hmm. And then um, our ability to embrace that and so forth. This is indicative of not being kind of ruled by our intelligence and uh, consumed by it. It's very unbecoming, I've seen it. It's very unbecoming to be a plaything in the hands of one's um, one's intellect. Hmm. I've seen it in in, in in some devotees, and uh, of course, it's it's not satisfying to them, but hmm. difficult for some to uh, to control. Does that help? Yeah. What else? Yes. about the pastime at um, Kurukshetra where um, Krishna comes and tries to touch her on his feet and she says basically that she's not surrendered enough, you know, that she hasn't given up her body. Obviously, you know, God has entirely surrendered. And so my question is how we can think of um, surrender and um, fully surrendered souls like in the Nolivas. How that plays out as like a form of play. Well, certainly those who have brain are also sharanagatas. There may be sharanagatas without brain, who still lack that. But the 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 foundation of Vrindavan is one of sharanagati, and this is played out in the in the Govardhan Leela. This is a Leela exemplifying the Sharanagati of the entirety of the Braj, who um, they um, gave up the allegiance to other gods, Indra, only to take shelter of Krishna at what would appear to be a great risk in the power of Indra and so forth. His wrath was invoked, but Krishna protected them as Sharanagatas. We were, I guess, hearing a little bit about that this morning. Krishna is my maintainer, Krishna is my protector. So this is a leela that speaks about the, the, the this idea of Sharanagati is, it's not something that we become a surrendered soul now you're surrendered, now you can play with Krishna and leave the Saranagati behind. It's built into that. It's a continuum. It's, you build on, build on that, so to speak. So it's at the foundation. It's just that it's taking a shape, that Saranagati, that doesn't always overtly look like surrender. When the cowherds, for example, in Sakiras, 
Sometimes Krishna serves them, sometimes they serve Krishna. That's how friends are. Hmm? Um, but when Krishna is serving them, it doesn't look like they're Sharanagats, so you have to look a little deeper under the service, uh, surface and understand the, the, the teaching, what it takes to arrive at that position. So they're all Sharanagatas, and, um, and they're all exclusively um, devoted to Krishna, which is how Krishna describes Sharanagati in the Gita, Sarvadharman Pritajamamekam, Sharanam Braja, Sarvadharman, give up the Dharma, means the Varnashram, in all the multitude of 33 million gods and goddesses and, and, the, and, the, and everything that it takes to acknowledge them and, and everything that, from the blinking of your eyes, you know, to, to whatever. Um, <laughs> and just worship one, Krishna, Mamekam, exclusive devotion to me. This is how he characterizes Sharanagati. And so we can see that practically this is the case of everybody in Vrindavan. Even, they're not even interested what to speak of in other gods, in other forms of Krishna, like Narayan. When Narayan appeared in Gita Govinda, in the Vasanta Rasalila, springtime Rasalila to the gopis, when they were looking for Krishna, they paid obeisances to him and said, Have you seen Krishna? Where did he go? Hmm. So, so this is the, uh, an example of how the Sharanagati plays out. I'm not sure I'm answering your question exactly, but is that okay? Yeah. So it's the ground there, so to speak. It's, 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 um, I mean, to come under Krishna's protection, to come under, uh, to, to not struggle for one's maintenance. This is what material life's all about. How I'm going to maintain myself. I'm constantly thinking how I will maintain myself, how I will get this, acquire that, improve this, careful of that, and so forth. Hmm. <laughs> Be free from that. Hmm. That's a, a great relief, a happy life. So... It involves coming out of the small world of your mind, where you're the, you're the protector, you're the maintainer, and so forth. And uh, there's a sense of self that needs to be protected and maintained. And, and uh, coming out of it, coming in touch with the smallness of yourself, but that in relation to the one that's big, whom we have connection with and are dependent upon, and and coming in touch with. Hmm? And so it's very comforting. Hmm? It's very. It sounds a little um, surrender. Doesn't sound like it would be a, too popular of an idea. Hmm? Everybody wants victory and success. But this is this is the real victory of the jiva hmm? to surrender. Otherwise, there's no freedom from Maya. Hmm? There's only a false advertising that you can become free. Hmm? Walk your own path. Hmm? <laughs> and so forth. Mm. It's not possible. <laughs> so, so yeah, they're all, they're all Sharanagatas. And then again, and it shows up at times also in the statements of the devotees. And that's instructive to us. Those are kind of instructions that we can draw down and take advantage of in our present situation where we try to 
erect in the heart the stage of Sharanagati, which is the, the, the platform, the stage on which the drama of Krishna Leela is, is performed. Hmm. That must be in place. What else? Yes. Um, <coughs> should you say that um, like someone who joins the monastery and think, what well, might impact the young world? <coughs> and then after some time they think, what impact does the world have on me? So, um, maybe my question is, um, it seems kind of like audacious in comparison to the rest of the world to think that um, is this, I mean, to live like a nice life like this seems kind of audacious. It seems like a maybe a big blessing. So maybe my question is um, kind of like what uh, maybe what is the value of what we're doing here, and how is how is it? Um, um, how is it actually the best thing that we could do for the world by you know, living a lifestyle like this? I saw a comic of Kushangi's. You know Kushangi. She's a famous um, comic, what would you call her? She writes, uh, um, what are they called? Novels. Graphic novels. Graphic novels that are um, kind of like, well anyway, graphic novels. Hmm. Stories and cute characters and, and so forth, her and her husband. She's from Finland. She's quite well known there. Um, and um, and in the in in the comic, the question came that that in in one of the characters, I think was I think their character was her. And uh, I'm in the comics too. I'm a, they picture me as a as a cow. <laughs> She's a mouse, and her husband is a duck. And uh, we have some of her books here. Some of you are familiar. So anyway, uh, the question was something to the effect that uh, that that you know you're talking about all this meditation, bhakti yoga, and so forth. But you know, what about the world and and you know, uh, making the world a better place and and so forth. And the cow answered there that, well, something like this, you're a member of the world, so improving yourself improves the world. You have to start somewhere. And so it's very easy to think of improving the world. Indeed, um, it's very easy to think about it, but it's, it's very hard to do it in any practical sense. And and um, and if it's done or attempted at the cost of really improving yourself, it's questionable how much is how much is gained. Hmm? Um, the best teaching is by example, so we can make our life exemplary and exemplify teachings that arguably answer all the problems. They solve all the economic problems, all the um, political problems, um, everything. Hmm? The death problem 
is solved. So this is at least a theory that solves all the problems. Mm-hmm. Theoretically, sadhana solves all problems. That's what it theorizes. Political, the political pursuits, I don't think even theoretically they... You could create some theoretical political utopia, I suppose, what Marx did or something, or others do, you know, but it's, it's just, it's obvious that no particular political strategy is, is going to solve all, all the problems. Hmm? Or any particular economic strategy, someone's going to be left out and bereft, or others are going to have more, whatever. So no, none of these various venues or pursuits that you could get involved in, the aspects of, you know, okay, you want to get in an aspect of philanthropic activity. You want to better the case of women in third world countries or something. It's a noble thing, but, you know, you solve that problem and it could pop up another problem as a result of it, you know. Um, um, Who knows? The men could start committing suicide because... Women were changing, or I don't know, you know. <laughs> uh, so, not that I, don't think, I think it's a good idea to do something like that. But at any rate, I'm just uh, they're, 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 none of these pursuits that you that come before you as options that you could be involved in to better the world purport to uh, that, that they are a comprehensive solution to all the problems, hmm? and so. If you want to do good for the world, you want to think, "How I only have so much energy, how can I use it in the best way? If there's a theory that says this solves all the problems, and it, theoretically it does, you can laugh at it, well, yeah, sure, that solves all the economic problems. Um, it does. If you become Krishna conscious, you don't need anything, hmm, practically. Or what you do need is so minimal, that there now there's abundance of everything in the world and many of, and all the unnecessary things in the industries behind them that are um, created in the name of economy and so forth that just fosters greed <laughs> in people it's all you know done away with i mean it's a very so it's so profound and so simple that it just doesn't work for a lot of people like oh you know uh, that's uh, that's a cop out they will think but 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 it's not, and it, it is, it's the one, one course that I say that theoretically solves all the problems. And then you might say, well, maybe for you, but then what about everybody else? But the best, as I say, teaching is by example. Hmm? And then you can say, well, you're better than me. So if I could do it, certainly you can do it. Hmm. <laughs> so uh, certain people will be uh, attracted to such, and of course, it takes in it's a whole perspective on what the world is, and so forth. A particular metaphysical perspective on what the world is—that's reasonable. And um, and and does put forward that the idea that there is perfect knowledge, there is um, self-satisfaction, atmaram, there is love, bhakti, prem, and so forth which are ideals um, that are very much sought after in, in human society. So it's a very practical, very pragmatic. But, it, but, it, but it, if your intelligence is too rajasic, then it won't be able to catch that. Hmm? 
Rajasic intelligence is for material improvement. Hmm. Sattvic intelligence concludes, well, hmm. there's, not, there's not much you can do with that, hmm. to an extent. And then if you, and, and you can use that material improvement for the sake of improving in a way that facilitates bhakti, hmm. facilitates spiritual pursuit. But, again, there's the typical, um, I went to the mountain to live on the monastery, and I heard from the master, hmm? and we spent time meditating and so forth, but then I felt, what about the world? Here I am, selfish, sitting on a mountaintop, hmm? and the call, the pangs of the world called me, and so... I entered the world. I decided to become a bodhisattva hmm, and to live for the welfare of all beings and so forth. Hmm. This was my vow. Um, and, and meanwhile, their practice becomes compromised. They just, you know, they get involved in worldly pursuits and politics, this, that, and the other thing. And, and then they have this, some background of some philosophy that they carry with them and they deceive themselves into thinking that they, they, they're on a more noble, higher, selfless path. Hmm? And then the other side comes as well where he's living on the mountaintop and he becomes, she becomes hard-hearted towards the world. Yes, it's their tough karma for them. Hmm. Here I am and so forth. So the, both there's two 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 problems with, uh, so to speak, the monastic life, leaving in the name of compassion and being there and not developing any compassion, any real caring. Of course, the caring then will, as it develops, in bhakti will have its application in a way that's wise. And, um, and for example, to become involved in sharing the, the teachings and exemplifying them, and so forth. And and there's no reason you can't be a monastic and 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 uh, show real empathy for the world, opening the doors of your monastery from being cloistered to being semi-cloistered or something like that. <laughs> we do need some time to ourselves, but um, <laughs> um, so it's two ends of the spectrum that where where and we can be deceived, if you will, by our by our thinking, by our intellect. Hmm. Does that help? Yeah, I was just thinking that some of them, yeah, it seems, um, it's, it's, it's interesting, people are striving so hard, but you just have to try to love Krishna and then everything's taken care of. It seems almost too simple. Yeah. I guess it seems like being, it's like a big blessing then that we get this opportunity. Yeah, you have to kind of count your lucky stars, as they say. It's good fortune. And then that may think, think, is this really happening? (laughs) Maybe it's not happening. It seems too good to be true. Hmm. Yeah, no, it is. (laughs) Pinch yourself. It's happening. It's happening. And that's the teaching. That's not going to happen to everyone. Hmm. Not at once, anyway. It's rare. Rare opportunity and... I mean, this is like the, there's the story of the turtle. The turtles dive deep in the water and then they have to come up 
for a big breath and they go down. So the turtle's swimming in the lake and went down deep. Meanwhile, the lake froze over. Now what? Hmm? And so somewhere, someone cut a small hole, maybe for fishing or something. And somehow the turtle found the hole. Hmm? Our position is something like that. (laughs) Hmm? The whole pond is frozen over. There's one small hole somewhere. He found it. He got a breath of fresh air. Hmm. That's what the Bhagavatam teaches. Yaduchaya. Hmm. Bhagya. Lucky. Good fortune. Hmm. As I say, there are two forces in the world. Karma and bhakti. So we're under the, moving under the force of karma and we may be fortunate to come in touch with uh, the influence of bhakti at which time then our good fortune in the real sense is created. Otherwise, material fortune is good or bad is bad. Hmm. So we should try to take advantage of it. What else? What's the time? All right. We'll stop there. Shri Gauri Vaishnava Guru Parampara Ki Jai. Gauri Tananda Ki Jai. Gauri Bhaktivrinda Ki Jai. Gauri Premananda